Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krupnik, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. WOGL HD3 Philadelphia from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios where relationships matter always live on the free Odyssey app the revolution will be broadcast this is the next generation of talk now this is the drive at 5 30 minutes of non-stop talk with Rich Zioli Nikki Haley says she's going all the way, all the way to uh, the convention because the open primaries are her pathway. Uh, Do you agree with that? 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Uh, Or you can call the show. 855-839-1210 is the number. All right. So listen, here's the deal. Uh, Nikki Haley put out a memo today to her people. Well, I mean, her campaign did. Saying, here's how we win. We win by going all the way into the open primary states. All right? The open primary states. Now, open primary states means that Democrats could vote. That's her, that's what her campaign put out today. They're acknowledging that they can't win with Republican primary voters. So their chances, hey, listen, support us if you are an independent or a Democrat. Now, I'm I'm telling you right now, that is... An insane admission that they need Democrats to win. I mean, that's that's literally what they're saying. That's what they're saying, that they need Democrats to win. You, why, why would you say that? I mean, why would you put that out there unless you are really, truly desperate at this point? Because I'm telling you right now, if your whole strategy comes down to independents and Democrats. And you've got guys like Larry Hogan out there coming out and saying, hey, listen, um, we need a third-party candidate. That means that even the moderate Republicans, the so-called reasonable moderate Republicans, they don't even think Haley has a shot. I mean, Hogan was the guy who was out there backing Haley and backing Christie. I mean, originally he was backing Christie. And, of course, Chris Christie blew his chances to back Haley. And he, I mean, blew that spectacularly with that open hot mic moment. But today he's on Fox News, Larry Hogan, calling for a third party. All right. By the way, this is the big story of the day today, brought to you by Dr. Mike Venaria, VenariaDental.com, V-A-N-A-R-I-A, VenariaDental.com. Get the smile you deserve. Why would you want a third party? I mean, why, why would you call on a third party if you think Nikki Haley has a chance? And why would you want to be a spoiler against Trump if you think Nikki Haley has a chance of actually beating him? You see that that right there just is the ultimate confession by the establishment of the political of the Republican Party that they don't think Haley has a chance. They don't think she's got a pathway here. So she'll stay in the race. I imagine she's going to lose badly in her home state of South Carolina. That's going to be embarrassing for her. But as long as the checks cash. Listen, I was a political consultant and, you know, maybe someday I will be again. But when you work on a campaign. 
That's your livelihood. That's how you pay your bills. It's how you feed your family. So political consulting is big money. And there are some very, very rich political consultants out there. And there are some who are terrible at what they do. It's like anything else in life. You have good ones and bad ones, right? So, I mean, it just depends on it. But when you are in a campaign, you want your candidate to stay in the race as long as the check's clear. That's a rule number one. I mean, you don't want to have to go look for another job. You don't want to have to go and try to run a third-rate, low-energy congressional race somewhere. You want to you want to keep your candidate in. It's January of 2024 now. At this moment in time, right now, at this moment in time, all the jobs are taken. So Haley's people have one goal, and that is to keep getting paid as long as possible. You know, when, when, when you are somebody who's a pollster, or you're somebody who does media for a candidate, or does media buying for a candidate, or just advises a candidate, works on the campaign, various capacities. The minute that, that campaign's over, you don't get paid. And what's worse is they may owe you money. And surprisingly, campaigns have a habit of not paying when they when they are no longer running. So you've got one job. Keep your principal in the race. And that's what Haley's people are doing. And the money's going to keep coming in because the Republican establishment obviously wants her to stay in till the convention. They've outlined a plan for her whereby something something happens to Trump, some externality happens, and then she can get the convention support and get the delegate support there. But the problem, though, is that if you're admitting that you can only get delegates because of open primaries and and because your pathway lies in basically Democrats joining your ranks, that doesn't bode well if something happens to Trump and then they do need to make a change. It doesn't bode well for Nikki Haley. It shows that she doesn't have the support of the grassroots Republican primary voters. That's a big problem for them. I mean, it's a big problem. So at best, I think this campaign goes until... June, you know, maybe, I mean, the convention, whatever it is, June, July, August, whenever the convention is, uh, at best. But she won't be the nominee, but she may stay in. She may stay in. You know, and they're looking, they're, they're, they're looking at some way, shape, or form here for some miracle to occur. But the problem is that every time they think they've got an ace up their sleeve with some legal maneuver, something blows up. I mean, Georgia is a great example of this, right? So the district attorney in Georgia uh, has her gumata. Well, she's the gumata, but, you know, her boyfriend, she hires him to prosecute Trump. The guy's not even a prosecutor. And $750,000 later, his ex-wife in the divorce is saying, hey, you've been paying me $700 every two weeks. I'm basically destitute here. You've been hiding all this money from me. So now a judge is saying in that case, hey, I want to see the receipts. And all the receipts are coming out showing these lavish trips, and the judge has made it clear. He's going to ask whether or not this guy, Wade, was having an extramarital affair with the district attorney in Georgia. When the answer to that question is yes, and the money is connected here, that that's done. That's over. Even the far right-wing Washington Post is acknowledging that. The Georgia case is over at that point. You know, there's no pardon power for a president on a state crime. And the Georgia governor doesn't even have pardon power, from what I understand, of the Georgia Constitution. Meaning that they're they're shot. I mean, really, their best hope was hoping that Trump would be found guilty and be put in prison in Georgia. And then at that point, it'd be a question for the Supreme Court. Let's say hypothetically he won and you had an incarcerated president in a state. 
I had my movie that I came up with, of course, which is Escape from Georgia. You know, it's like Escape from New York, but Escape from Georgia, Penitentiary Edition. And at that point, we'd have to remove all the razor wire because we know that razor wire doesn't work. So it'd be easy to break him out of Georgia jail if we had to. If we had to. It'd be easy to break him out of Georgia state prison, but without the razor wire. because well, Even with the razor wire, because Kirby acknowledged today the razor wire doesn't work. So you could rescue the president. I mean, the Secret Service could go in there, be like Escape from Alcatraz and you know, pull Trump out of the Georgia jail. But that was their best hope. What happens now, the process in Georgia, what happens once the district attorney, once they say she can no longer prosecute this case and neither can her office, is that it goes to a system in Atlanta where they basically try to find another prosecutor. And there's a similar case where two years later, they still have not found a new prosecutor for that case. And I don't know how many people are going to want to touch this this case after this because there's not a lot of evidence in the first place and secondly now you've got this whole tainted you know aura hanging over it so the georgia case just blew up it's about to get really bad for the district attorney you know she she doesn't have to necessarily testify under oath but the judge made it clear yesterday in that in that divorce proceeding hearing regarding the money he said i'm going to ask mr wade and he's going to have to tell me whether or not he had an extramarital affair. And if he did, did he have it with Miss Willis? And if he if he did, did he use some of that money with her? And did he just did he keep that money from his ex-wife? His future ex-wife, soon to be ex-wife. I think the divorce is not officially finalized yet, but all that's going to come out. And when that does, you got a major major conflict of interest problem here. That is not going to be resolved anytime soon. Then you got the federal case, the Jack Smith special prosecutor case. We've got the special prosecutor going out there right now, and I think he's going to add charges against Trump. But there is a timing problem with that case. The timing problem is that when the Supreme Court of the United States said we are not going to rule on whether or not a president has immunity until it goes through the circuit court process, the circuit court has not ruled yet. It's a three judge panel. Once that three-judge panel rules, then either side has the opportunity to appeal to the full circuit. Once the full circuit makes their ruling, then either side has the ability to appeal to the Supreme Court. In other words, all that drags on potentially now for months. So then let's say hypothetically the Supreme Court says Trump doesn't have immunity, and let's say hypothetically then Jack Smith's case goes forward, and then let's say hypothetically Jack Smith gets a conviction in criminal court in Washington, D.C., and adds more charges against Trump, which says, you know what, you committed an insurrection or you gave aid and comfort to those who did, and you can't be on the ballot based on the 14th Amendment. Well, then that case has to be heard by the Supreme Court because the Supreme Court does not have to address that issue in Colorado. You know, what people are forgetting here is that the question of whether or not Section 3 of the 14th Amendment applies to presidents is a question the Supreme Court of the United States doesn't necessarily have to touch. They can just simply rule on the merits of whether or not the state of Colorado has the ability to make that determination without due process on the federal level. That's how I see it. This court likes narrow rulings, obviously. This court likes to be narrow in their ruling. The ruling yesterday on Texas, and this is why I think that all the Civil War talk is just a tad bit premature here. The court is still going to have a full hearing on the issue of whether or not Texas has the right to erect razor wire. 
What the court has said now, and I don't agree with the court's opinion on this, but what the court has said now is it needs to be heard through the lower court first. And this is something that the Roberts court likes to do. They like to go through the process. They like these slow, deliberative legal processes. And unlike court TV, where it's all wrapped up nice and quick and fast, and we, you know what I mean? It, these, these, these things can drag on. And then there's appeals and everything else. On a separate note, if I'm Texas right now, if I'm Greg Abbott, I'm going to have the National Guard continue to put up razor wire. The Supreme Court did not say that he has to stop. All the Supreme Court said was that the federal government has the right to take it down. They didn't tell Greg Abbott that the National Guard can't put it up or can't keep it up. Be very careful right now. But if, if the feds come in and take it down, I mean, they, there's nothing that stops the National Guard from putting it back up. You could do this all day. You don't have to have a civil war. There doesn't have to be a, an armed military standoff at the Texas border. You don't have to worry about that. I, don't, I, don't, I think everybody's kind of getting a little bit ahead of themselves. It is a good mental note, though, for me to watch Captain America Civil War tonight for the hundredth time. But I digress. The point is that all Greg Abbott has to do is just order the National Guard to put up more razor wire. Supreme Court didn't say he doesn't, he can't do it. They just said the federal government can take it down. It's a very, again, it's a narrow ruling. So here's what Biden can do if he is the dumbest politician on earth, which, by the way, Joe Biden has a propensity to show that he is the dumbest politician on earth. He could federalize the National Guard and then take over control of the National Guard. I already see there's these stories, you know, being written by the by the by the media, like the Washington Post. I think a columnist had the story. This is very much like segregation when when President Kennedy had to federalize the National Guard to escort the troops or Eisenhower did in Arkansas. And um, it's just like that. You know, it's just like that. Well, it's not like that. It's not even close to being like that. But let's say, hypothetically speaking, that that's what happens. Biden federalizes the Texas National Guard, which is his right. And then at that point, now the National Guard has to answer to him as commander in chief. And then he says to them, take down the razor wire and don't put any back up. Well, they have to. That's a lawful order from the commander in chief. They have to follow it or they could be court martialed. But do you want to be the president that does that in an election year when immigration is one of the four? front issues do you really want to be that guy i don't i don't think you do i mean first of all i'm amazed that they're even doing this because this is so politically stupid right now to just get involved in this whole razor wire issue in the first place i mean it's dumb it's just politically stupid just stay out of it but they can't help themselves but that's ultimately what could occur here long before the the first shots are fired at eagle pass which is not going to happen <laughs> just Trust me on this point when I tell you we're not going to have another civil war over the issue of Texas and barbed wire. All right. But before we ever get to that wonderful, fun fantasy, all the governor of Texas is going to do is say, put more razor wire in. And then the feds are going to come in and take it down. And then the Texas governor is going to say, put it up and they're going to take it down. And then eventually this will continue until the Supreme Court gives its ultimate ruling on the matter, which could come. Months from now, a year from now, two years from now, who the hell knows? And Biden has a choice. Biden could come out and turn around and say, I'm federalizing the Texas National Guard. You now report to me as commander in chief, tear down that razor wire. But man, you want to talk about bad political optics in an election year when immigration is at the forefront of people's minds? 
I think that would be such a dumb. When you got guys like John Fetterperson coming out and saying we have to secure our border. Now, mind you, I think Fetterman is doing a lot of this because he's 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 trying very hard to sound like the reasonable moderate guy, so he can ultimately be Biden's surrogate out there in Pennsylvania. But when you got guys like him coming out and saying you need to secure the border. We can't have 300,000 people a year coming into this country. We can't have an invasion the size of Pittsburgh every single year in America. That is pretty much exactly the feeling of America right now. It's just that Pennsylvania's very own John Fetterman is finally reading the pulse of of the people in his state. So it would be very bad optics for the commander-in-chief to federalize the Texas National Guard and have them remove razor wire. But I put nothing past these people because we are dealing with some of the most politically tone deaf human beings I've ever encountered. I, I mean, ever. Like, I'm actually trying to think of what David Axelrod would be thinking right now. I'm trying to channel David Axelrod or James Carville or somebody else. And they'd be saying immigration is a problem. You have a major, major border crisis going on where you've got Democrat governors and Democrat mayors that are screaming that something needs to be done at the border. You've got a Democrat U.S. senator in Pennsylvania saying something needs to be done at the border. You don't want to have the optics of coming in and taking down razor wire at the border. It looks really bad. It looks like you're surrendering and it looks like you want an open border. Don't be that politically stupid. But then these people just can't help themselves. And I don't know if it's because they're driven by really lunatics at the top of their party. Or they just they're just listening to them. I don't know. But back to Nikki Haley for a moment, the whole issue of whether or not she stays in is going to be largely driven by the political consultants who are around her and whether they can convince her she has a pathway because they want the checks to clear. Speaking of checks to clear, uh, For only 20 bucks, you can get a ticket to our comedy show next Thursday night at Parks Casino for Parks Casino's comedy uh, comedy show with Joe Conklin. Joe Conklin is the man of a thousand voices. His impressions are always spot on, by the way. And we'll have a fun night. Mike Baldini will be the MC along with myself. We'll have fun. And 20 bucks gets you your ticket and your first drink included. Just go to parkscasino.com slash comedy. Parkscasino.com slash comedy. And... You will have a great night of laughter. Also, coming up is our Terry Hayes event. Don't forget that. February 7th, Rosemont College. His book, The Year of the Locust. You'll get a signed copy. Terry and I will have a great conversation on stage together, and we'll talk about all these issues. All right? So please go to 1210WPHT.com right now to get your ticket for the Terry Hayes event. Don't forget to get your ticket as well for the Parks Comedy Night. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's so many other things to talk about. We just are loaded up, loaded up. But I'm going to talk about the multiverse in the six o'clock hour. Oh, yeah, I am. Oh, yeah. The multiverse. Is it real? Are parallel universes real? There's a Philadelphia physicist who just wrote a brand new book about the multiverse, and I'm going to interview him. And I'm excited about it because I'm a superhero nerd, as you know. And I love the fact that uh, we have the multiverse as a plot in all these various movies. All right. Now, you want to hear some crazy conspiracy stuff? Let's start with Alex Soros, the son of George Soros at the WEF, the World Economic Forum. Um, <laughs> I, I really am amazed at how crazy people in the Democrat ether are sounding right now. I, I mean, they sound like nuts. They sound like lunatics. Rachel Maddow sounds like a crazy person. 
Alex Soros sounds like a crazy, but these people sound insane. Every time they keep talking about Trump being Hitler or Mussolini or something else, they just sound crazy. And it's not working. I'm telling you right now, James Carville's group looked into the polling data in this. It's not working. Even asking Democrat voters, they give higher marks to the Republicans for being the party that's most likely to cross the aisle. They, they give the marks of extremism to the Democrats right now. That all came out in that memo that was written in the far right wing New York Times by James Carville's guy who said it's a grim reality. All this talk of Trump being a dictator is the only message is not a winning message. And it's all Democrats seem to have. Their own people aren't buying this stuff. But here's Alex Soros at the WEF, the son of George Soros. Um, Even Kamala Harris, the vice president, seemed a little bit, well, taken aback by some of this now. (laughs) I'm telling you, this stuff is nuts. Take a listen. Cut 11 um, is, you know, is obviously uh, is obviously, um, you know, quite, uh, quite, uh, you know, quite tricky. But I think that if we play too much on this disinformation card, we're taking responsibility away from ourselves to actually create a narrative that inspires people to vote and to believe, uh, you know, in um, uh, in uh, in democracy and democratic um, institutions. And on the institutional part, I think that we can talk about uh, institutions as these abstract things, but institutions are also about people. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, um, you know, we just heard this, this this point about untrustworthy people, and we talked about things in the United States like you know, like um, checks and balances, which aren't written anywhere, but are customs. And one man, Donald Trump, literally came in and just took that you know took that took that all away. Um, you know, so. Um, you know, so, um, you know, but when I see this, you know, when I look at this, um, you know, um, you know, uh, more globally regarding regarding, you know, regarding democracy, I also say to myself, when was this great time that everybody got along so well and, you know, things were going so, so great? I mean, I think, you know, um, um, you know, the um, you know, I think that we really have to be careful here. In you know, in this nostalgia uh, for a time, uh, you know, for a time past, because a lot of the reaction. How did Trump destroy checks and balances? Out of curiosity, how did how did he destroy checks and balances? I mean, last time I checked, right now as we speak, the president of the United States is 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 paying back people's student loans, even though the Supreme Court told him he can't. The Supreme Court told him he can't do it, and he's still doing it. So you want to talk about checks and balances. Why don't you look into what's literally happening right now? Well, this, uh, you know, uh, well, <laughs> he was very you, articulate, you, wasn't yeah, he? You, well, yeah, you know, uh, well, you know, when you're, uh, when you're articulate, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, 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 you, know, you know, you know, right. <laughs> Did you write up a description of that? Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what he was talking about. <laughs> the word erudite came into it. <laughs> That even he made Kamala Harris seem erudite. Right now, everybody's looking at the word. What, Kamala's erudite. a breath of fresh air compared to this guy. Oh, my gosh. You know. Uh, you know. Uh, well, uh, you, you know, uh, checks and balances. Well, at, well, know, uh, well, should we compare him to Kamala Harris right now? We can. We, sh- we could, right? Because she, she has a comment about Biden being branded as incapable. And um, I don't I don't. So she's she's being branded as incapable. All right. And 
This is according to this new book that's come out that says Joe Biden did not want her as his VP. He hates her guts, by the way. And she's incapable. And so this is how she responded to that. Cut 10. The, I was watching you on stage, watching the reactions from the crowd, mm-hmm. looking you in the eye with your passion that you were displaying and talking about so many issues. And yet you hear candidates suggesting that a vote for President Biden because of his age is somehow a vote for you. And that is hurled as an insult. It's intended to demonstrate some negative viewpoint towards you. What is your reaction to this thought that with your background in particular, with your career, that there is some thought that you are incapable? Well, I I think that um, most women who have risen in their profession who are leaders in their profession have had similar experiences. Mm. Um, I was the first woman to be elected district attorney. I was the first woman to be elected attorney general of the state of California. And I'm the first woman to be vice president. And I love my job. <laughs> and then she does that weird joker laugh at the end. What's that? What's with that weird, creepy joker laugh? That's her tick. Is that it's, that's it's when you know she's be, lying, yeah. right? She hates yeah. her job. Hundred percent. She hates her job. Isn't she the border czar? Is she going to go down and remove the razor wire in Texas? You know, if you cut yourself with a razor wire, if you don't put neosporin on it, do you know what will happen to you? What's that? You'll get a blister. Oh you, no! You will, no, you it'll fester. You think I'm kidding? Uh, Henry, I'm trying to look out for you. I don't want you to end up like Matt DeSanctis. <laughs> Uh, don't worry, I won't. I don't have any COVID tests at home. Just laying around. See, I should be. I should endorse Neosporin. We use it so much in my house. It, if you, so here's my advice: if you get cut by razor wire, Neosporin is a. It's three antibiotics in one. It's Neomycin, Polymycin B, which sounds like a uh, bioweapon, and Baxitracin. All three in one, and it's prescription free. And you put Neosporin on, and it'll take care of the scratches from the razor wire. Okay? Trying to help. Trying to help. Just doing your part. I, my kids wind up cutting themselves con- you know, constantly. So we buy vats of this stuff. But it does work. I'll tell you one thing. And also, even as a spray, too. Are your kids playing in razor wire or something? What's I, going well, on? we do, yeah. I, it's, I set up a whole obstacle course for them with <laughs> razor wire. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't work. You heard um, John Kirby said razor wire doesn't work. Right. So the kids go right through it. Obviously, that's why they're taking it down. It doesn't work. So Naturally. yeah, the kids yeah. love razor right, wire. Makes sense. Yeah, they love it. By the way, in um, uh, the upcoming season of The Wire, they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna come out and and uh, prove how uh, prisoners escape by walking through razor wire. You see, now now I have a story that says Neosporin for cuts. Some doctors say no. Oh, come on, doctors. Everybody needs, you know, an opinion, right? I guess everybody does. Now, here's a question for you. If you get stung in the eye by a jellyfish, which happened to me in the Chesapeake Bay a couple years ago, you know the remedy for jellyfish stings, right? Uh, I've heard. Okay, we can't say it on the radio, obviously. But you're supposed to, you know, blank on it? Well, what, we can't refer to it at all? or Well, uh, I mean, like... Uh, can you uh, use the U word? I, I don't, I don't want to step on anyone's toes. Can you say go pee-pee? 
I don't, I don't know. You, I, you I don't just know. said it. I was going to say urinate. Yeah, I guess you use that. But that's what they say to do for jellyfish stings. But what happens when it's a jellyfish sting in your eye? Uh, get a glass eye. <laughs> Rather do that, right? Wouldn't that yeah, be better? Just, just probably at that point. You see that? Yes, it's uh, <laughs> probably correct. Uh, here's uh, Peter Ducey to John Kirby. Why are you guys making it easier? For people to enter the country illegally this is what i'm talking about with you this is what i mean the optics of this are just absolutely terrible for him cut number eight uh, why are you guys making it easier for people to enter the country illegally i don't believe we are why do you think we are well you guys sued to cut razor wire that was put in place by texas officials so and- that the border patrol could actually do their jobs, but keep going. Well, you won in court, so now what? The Border Patrol Union president is saying the Supreme Court's decision is going to undoubtedly encourage more illegal immigration. Do you guys know better than the Border Patrol Union? The Border Patrol needed access, and that's why we sued to get rid of that uh, razor wire so that they could do their jobs. And you know what would also help them do their jobs, Peter? More Border Patrol agents. There's an idea. And if you go back to the supplemental request that we put in, there's money in there for some 1,300 additional Border Patrol agents. We want to help them do their jobs. We want to give them more resources. And the answer we kept get, keep, keep getting back from House Republicans is no, no, no. No, no, no. No, no, no. No, 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 you didn't. Listen, I got an idea for the administration. Why don't you stop taking down razor wire? Because it looks really bad, politically, politically terrible for you. It's stupid. And Greg Abbott should keep putting it up. He's not defying the Supreme Court. Understand that. When the Texas governor puts razor wire up, he's not defying the Supreme Court. All the court said was that the feds can take it down. They didn't say he can't put it back up. So the only remedy here for Biden, if he wants to, would be to federalize the Texas National Guard, which would be the dumbest political move he could possibly make. And would also be, if you ask me, quite dictatorial. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli if you'd like to weigh in. Listen, my friends at Cherry Hill Volvo, there is a sensational sale happening over at Cherry Hill Volvo this month. How about a beautiful S60 courtesy Volvo for less than $29,000? It's an incredible opportunity to experience luxury for less. There are currently these S60s with less than 5,000 miles on them. They are selling right now for less than $29,000. There are a limited number available, so don't wait on this one. Right now, Cherry Hill Volvo is undergoing a massive renovation to their dealership in order to serve you even better. They are open, they have ample inventory, and they are ready to meet you today. So why not start the year off with the luxury vehicle you deserve, a Volvo from Cherry Hill Volvo. It's a great time to visit with many incredible uh, incentives available for you. Again, just hurry to Cherry Hill Volvo to get a courtesy S60 for less than $29,000. Cherry Hill Volvo is the most accessible Volvo dealer to Philly and South Jersey right across the bridge. Judith, Yosef, and the entire team Look forward to meeting you. Cherry Hill Volvo is where relationships matter. They prove that every single day. And we broadcast live from the Cherry Hill Volvo studios. So what are you waiting for? Go see them today. You can drive this beautiful S60. The S-Class is made right here in the United States of America, as a matter of fact. Or maybe you want to drive an SUV. You know, I love having the 
third row of that XC90 when we're driving the kids around. I absolutely love that because there's so much room and so safe on the roads, especially in winter. Whatever you choose, Cherry Hill Volvo will give you the experience that you deserve. Cherry Hill Volvo is on Route 70 in Cherry Hill. It's where relationships matter. So go see them today. The Zioli Show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. Tear down this razor wire. My efforts to save people from ever getting scratched by razor wire will be coming to a town near you. So if you have seen any razor wire, I need you to email me at richiesrazorwire at gmail.com. I am going to make sure it's taken down because it doesn't work. It's ineffective and it's mean. You can get scratches. And I'm also going to say that we should give out free Neosporin. And channel little Bernie Sanders there. Neosporin should be free. It's a God-given right. And that's how we're going to do things. All right? That's what we're going to do. Uh, we also have this terrorist guy. I got, I got this tweet today from uh, somebody. This is a guy who's threatening America. I sent this audio to you, Henry. He's threatening America. And I, 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 I guess, I don't know, I guess he's in the country. Illegally, the alleged terrorist here, this is him, this is um, saying, soon you'll know who I am. This is a guy in this video. He appears to be, his name is Maz Sum Somadov, a Muslim who was released in January 2023 after serving 12 years for being a terrorist. Will the Democrat voters ever wake up to the invasion at the southern border? This is what he was threatening here. And I Yes. Uh, you know, when you've got Democrat governors raising the alarm about the terror watch list now, kind of a big deal. That's from the far right wing New York Times. I'll get to that story in a moment. But here's the audio of this of this terrorist. Go ahead. Take a listen. So you're going to know who I am. I always love threats like that. Uh, the far right wing New York Times today writing this story. Nine Democrat governors push Biden and Congress to address the migrant crisis. Why do you think it's happening? Nine Democratic governors. The effort is being led by New York Governor Kathy Hochul, a Biden ally whose state has been inundated with arrivals from the southern border. Nine Democratic governors have joined together to urge the Biden administration to do what to deal with this humanitarian crisis. Let me translate this for you what this means. What this means is that these Democrat governors now are sick and tired of having the people land at their doorstep. They never thought they'd have to worry about it before. They never thought they were border states. You even have King Philpy unaccountable, Phil Murphy out there trying to secretly load uh, illegal immigrants onto trains and buses to take them into New York at night. We told you about that story last week. So when you, you've got nine Democrat governors now coming out and saying, you got to do something here. All right. You gotta do, now they're all, they're all, you know, crouching it along the ideas of also dealing with the immigration system because they don't want to sound mean. But what they're really saying here is, dude, you got to fix this border, this wide open border. This is a mess. You're killing us here. You're killing us. Do something about it. What does Biden do? Tells Texas to tear down their razor wire. Texas refuses, and they're going to go in there and do it themselves. And what an absolute political disaster this is for the Democrats right now in election year. It's amazing. Chris is in Malvern. Chris, how are you? Uh, I just want to thank you for being the voice of reason and hope, because all day long after hearing that 
Supreme Court ruling, I was all bummed out. But then I realized, I thought to myself, after he kept kind of joking about all this razor wire, that when I was in the Army, when anybody was in the Army knows that when it comes to razor wire, it's very hard to set it up. But it's misery to take it down. It comes in these big loops, some of them as, as wide as hula hoops and some smaller. So you're right. It's like the stuff that's already been put up, who's gonna get who's gonna want the job to take it down? This is a great point. I wouldn't want that job. It sounds like no fun. It's misery. You gotta wear these mittens and it gets tangled. And when I was in Germany, you know, it would get stuck on sticks and branches and things, and then of course during Desert Shield. You know, it was easier to just pull it out. But it, depending on what's, what I, the pictures I've seen, it, it's there. It's all tangled up. Who is going to take it down? Yeah, no, listen, I, 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 I did not consider that point, but I'm glad you pointed it out. And thank you for your service, Chris. I appreciate it, buddy. Okay. Have a great night. Thank you. Uh, Pam is in Lansdale. Pam, how are you? Hey, Red. How are you doing tonight? Doing well. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing. Uh, thank you so much for having your show. I listen to you every single night on my way home from work. Um, well, I was thank just you. thinking. Yeah, no. Uh, thank you for being on the air. I'm glad that you can still be on the air. How long is that going to last, right? Um, <laughs> well, let's hope for a long time. I got three kids to feed. I got you. I got you. So, um, with these taxes, uh, all of the citizens, um, you know, taxpayers paying you know working every day and why what's to stop everyone in april from filing not let's not file federal taxes in april in texas and see what happens are they going to arrest every single working american taxpayer in texas uh is it even possible to get people on board for something like that you know, that's yeah. my thought. Don't well, pay your taxes because you're being taxed. There's no representation now. Taxation without representation. Well, you know, the problem with that, though, is that the, they will <sighs> they will keep adding interest and penalties over and over again. And then eventually they're going to force you to pay and you're, just, you're going to owe them more money. So you're actually going to wind and I don't up. No, this is. Yeah. I, I mean, it's unprecedented. What's going to happen? Has every has has uh, millions of people ever not? Have I refused to pay taxes? Like, what would happen? It would be interesting to me to see, uh, regardless if eventually they have to pay the taxes, you know, well, I mean, the a month 16th, down the, the line. I mean, the 16th Amendment's pretty clear. You do. So I, I wouldn't advise yeah, well, you to take this path because you're going to wind up owing them even more. They'll get more of, of, your, of your money, you know? I, yeah. What they don't can have to arrest do? you. They could just put a lien against your house. That's what they typically do. And they they would probably do that. Yeah, they, they would. would. They hundred percent. They would do that. Yeah, I, I arre- they won't necessarily like, arrest you, but they will. They 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 have lots of different ways to make your life a living hell, Pam. I understand the spirit of what you're saying. I do, but I yeah. certainly would not want to give out bad advice on this program. So, no, no, the house, I understand. The house that, no. always wins. Let's just put it that way. The house always wins. <laughs> of course, of course. But I just had a thought, and I was like, why? Don't pay taxes. You know. <laughs> Pay your taxes. All right, Pam, thank well, you. All right. all right. You have a great <laughs> night. I appreciate it. 855-839-1210. Now, you got to pay your taxes because they will come after you with penalty and interest. Then they'll put liens on your home and liens on your business, and then they can go in and just take the money out of your bank account. It's brutal. Oh, it's brutal. Uh, anyway, um, 
So, New Hampshire, that's the big story of the day today, obviously, that we're looking at. And we're getting ready for that. And the polls will be closing in a few people. I think the people in, um, where the hell is it, Henry? Gobbler's Notch? What, what is that town in New Hampshire where they all voted already? Not Gobbler's Notch. That's Puxatawney Phil, right? What, what am I thinking of? Puxatawney Phil's in Puxatawney. No, Gobbler's, Gobbler's Notch. I have no idea what you're talking about. Is it? Maybe Gobbler's Notch is, is where the, the primary is. Wait, hang on. Hang on. Hang on. New, New Hampshire voters kick off first in the nation presidential primary. Uh, it, well, let's see here now. It, da, 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 da. Let's see. Blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm trying to find the name. I think it's called. You see, I can't find it. This is, this is not good. I'm just trying to find. There's a town in New Hampshire where they. Da, Dixville Notch. Thank you. Dixville Notch. You haven't heard of Dixville Notch? Never. It is a beautiful, beautiful town. I've never been there, but I imagine it's beautiful this time of year. Dixville Notch, all right, is a uh, is is in New Hampshire. They always they're the first town in New Hampshire to vote at midnight. This is what they do. It's their tradition. And Nikki Haley swept the town. All right, hmm. she swept. All the voters in the town. Do you want to guess how many people were in that town? Oh, okay. So this is one of those. Um, Dixville Notch. 48. Six. <gasps> but she swept. She swept. She the did six. It. Look, a sweep is a sweep, man. That's a huge swing. It's a big deal. She won 100% of Dixville Notch. All six registered voters. Uh, by the way, it's a resort town, and voters were outnumbered more than 10 to 1 by reporters from every corner of the globe. How about that? Are you telling me there's like 60 reporters at this one tiny town in New Hampshire? Yeah, and I think, excellent job with the math, by the way, I think we should go and do the show live four years from now from Dixville Notch, the okay. first in the nation, first in the nation primary. Do a midnight broadcast? Do maybe? a midnight special coast-to-coast style live political broadcast from the first in the nation primary state, first in the nation town of Dixville Notch. I like the sound of that. You like the sound of that? Pretty good, right? I'm in. Sign me up. Sure. I'll go. I'll go to the resort town. I'll go to a resort town in New Hampshire. You absolutely can, can, um, can, can send me there. No problem. I'd love to go. What else was I going to mention, too? I also had, um, now I can't remember now. Now I can't remember what I was going to do. Oh, I know what it was. I know what it was. I wanted to share this with you as well. This is a clip of Rachel Maddow sounding crazy. Remember I said that they're all sounding crazy? This is Rachel Maddow sounding crazy on MSNBC last night. Um, Go ahead. Take a listen. On the Viktor Orban thing, uh, listen, I, I think that there's a very simple reason that Trump is making that the closing argument in what may be the last contested primary. And it's because that's really what he's offering. I mean, this is the special sauce. Donald Trump is not leading the Republican Party and leading the Republican field of candidates because of his youthful vigor <laughs> or because of his uh, you know, <laughs> policy preferences or because of his eloquence. Right. There's none, none of that is going on. What he's offering is what he both sort of inherently offers and now more and more explicitly offers, which is if you pick me, that'll be the end of politics. 
And you won't have to deal with politics anymore. You won't have to deal with contested elections. You won't have to deal with contests or divisions when it comes to power. You'll have a strongman leader and I'll just do what I want. And won't that be a lot simpler? Um, that's what he's offering. That, that strongman model is what the Republican base is enthused about. And that is something that sets him apart from every other Republican candidate. And I think that we're naive to think that he's tricking people into picking him and then mm. surprise, he's going to act like a dictator. What he's offering is strongman leadership, the end of politics, the end of elections, the end or the or the sidelining or domesticating, as Ruth Ben-Ghiat says, of the judiciary uh, mm -hmm. and the Congress. It'll be, he'll be the man in charge and he'll get it done. And that's what he's selling. And that's what they are very eager to buy. That's crazy talk. It's going to be the last primary and he's going to be a dictator. He's not going to leave. Look, I've said this before. The first rule of being a dictator is you don't leave. That's the rule number one. All right. Dictators don't leave office. And if you want to remove a dictator, you have to do it by something big. Like you got to hang the guy like in the square or something like that. You got to go out and go big or go home. You know what I mean? But if you are a low energy dictator, then you leave office. You don't try to get back in office, though. You don't go, oh, damn, I could have been a dictator. Like you walk out of the White House and then stop yourself and turn around and go, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. I'm president. I've got all the power. I'll just be a dictator. If you're a dictator, you think that way. If you're not a dictator, you get on the plane and you go back to Florida. See, this is the problem with this argument. And it's getting so tiring and annoying because, again, it, I would be a dict I would be probably a dictator. I'm Italian. It's in my blood. What, what can I say? I mean, I'm a direct descendant of Julius Caesar. I probably would 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 stay. But if I did, I'm not going to leave because once you leave, you're out. You have to stay. That's the whole point. Anybody could say they're a dictator, but you got to actually dictate. Otherwise, you're useless. Otherwise, your word is not very good. You know what I mean? So that's the thing. Once you leave the uh, the, the White House get on the plane and fly down to Florida, you're not, you're not a dictator. That's the problem with this talking point. It's a damn shame. I hope the new defensive coordinator for the Eagles is a dictator, though, because we need help. What do you mean by that? Or the offensive coordinator? Who's the one that got fired? Both of them got they fired. They both got fired. Yeah, Brian Johnson got fired today. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, that's the least surprising news of all time. You knew that was coming? Yes. I mean, the defensive coordinator, I mean, like like I said, he's just been showing up collecting a check the last couple of months. Uh, Brian Johnson, there was like a, maybe a tiny sliver he came back, but no, it was expected he was gone. Really? They were, you, you saw that game. You saw how they played down the stretch. Everyone knew what plays they were running yeah. exactly when they were running. They couldn't get anything going. That's true. That's a good point. That's a good point. So now, so that so you think that Sirianni's safe then, or Sirianni got problems too? Uh, there's supposed to be a press conference tomorrow. Uh, I think with Howie, Howie Roseman, uh, discussing his future. I'd imagine he'll be staying. Yeah, you think he's, he's staying, right? All right. Yeah, just a matter of uh, who's going to come and coach the offense and the defense. Hey, Sirianni outlasted DeSantis. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Nobody asked you. Shut up. Why are you? Yeah, Nobody interrupt, asked interrupting the show. Don't here. interrupt my show. A uh, couple other things to mention. Senator Bob Menendez says the FBI raided his home in the gold bar search and ransacked it. Went through dressers and storage, but tore apart clothes and wardrobes. 
And welcome to the party, pal. We've been talking about this kind of abuse for years. Philadelphia has a bed bug problem. Did you know that, Henry? That Philadelphia, among all the cities in America, bed bugs apparently like it here best. I mean, who wouldn't? Why not? They are hotels, apparently, according to the story in the Inquirer. Philadelphia bed bugs are a huge, huge problem. So, according to this story, Philly's bed bug problem was ranked as one of the worst in the country, according to an annual report from a pest control company by the name of Orkin. How about that? And that's big bug company there too. That's Orkin. a big bug company, yeah. right? I don't know how you get rid of bed bugs, but I know how you get rid of razor wire cuts. Neosporin can't say it enough. Uh, Neosporin is a way to do that. I don't know if bed bug bites if it works on that or not. I don't know. Bed bugs are oh gross. They are extremely resilient. They say they're very hard to get rid of. But who's staying in Philadelphia hotels lately anymore? Anyway, I mean, who's coming to the city? So I don't know if you have to worry about it. the bed bugs. Might be bored out of their mind at this point. You know, just sitting around playing cards, drinking beer. Yeah, I mean, like, can somebody get us a, a somebody to stay in this room? Because not a lot of people are coming to Philadelphia at the moment. All right, listen, in our fourth and final hour, uh, the multiverse, is it real? Yes, it is. And we're going to talk to a Philadelphia physicist who can prove it for us. He's got a brand new book out on this. Um, Plus, uh, why does Joe Biden want to destroy America even more by getting rid of liquid natural gas export stations? Something that the Philadelphia region would absolutely benefit from. And what's up with the FBI, this whole pipe bomb Fugazi story outside the Democrat National Convention Why is the government not being more transparent about this with us? It seems like kind of a big deal. We'll talk about all of that and more. Our fourth and final hour straight ahead on the eve of the New Hampshire primary. Don't go away. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app.